Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Lock It In, a sports betting show, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And now, here's your host, Cam Rogers. This is Lock It In. Cam Rogers coming at you right here on Believe, the number one content network for professionals. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Rogers 99 and on Instagram at Mr. Rogers 98. As always, with Bridget Whalen. You can follow her at Bridget K. Whalen. Before we get into the show, of course, we are talking about the Players' Championship, the Players' Tournament, if you will. The unofficial fifth major, whatever you want to call it, it's going to be an exciting week of golf, a volatile week. I've been using that word a lot lately for the Florida swing, but certainly applicable here this week as we are in the Jacksonville area. Let's give a shout out to our friends at Bet Online. All of the odds that you hear on this very show are courtesy of Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both the pro and college scenes. Of course, we have golf going on right now. So go ahead, do yourself a favor, hit up that website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V to get started. We'll see about my outright card here this week. Bridget and I have our selections. Really excited for it. Bridget, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So we have a guest this week on the pod. Our first ever guest. Groundbreaking. And I would just like to say... This isn't a favor because he jinxed me over the weekend saying that I had it in the bag with Victor Hovland, who then got usurped by Scotty Scheffler. The second time that's happened to me at Waste Management Phoenix Open, we had Cantlay, who also lost to Scotty, that in a playoff, didn't have to have a playoff at API, but we have John Wood on the bag this week for Golf Bets on Us. John, welcome <laughs> into the show. Thank you, Bridget. And I, again, I apologize for jinxing you last week. I'm glad I don't have to take the blame for Phoenix, but last week I texted you in the middle of the last round and no one's a bigger believer in jinxes than I am. And I can't believe I did that. So my pleasure to be here. <laughs> it's an announcer curse, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. And I immediately called him out. My, my response oh, yeah. was don't jinx it in all caps. But anyway, here we are. So John, Welcome into the pod for the listeners who don't know who you are, which would be outrageous, but just give us a little intro to who you are, kind of why people would know your name. Let's hear it. Well, uh, I'm currently a uh, announcer on Golf Channel and NBC, um, kind of an on-course analyst. Uh, I walk with the groups, the leader groups or the big name groups and uh, kind of tell you what's going on from my point of view as an ex-caddy. I did caddy on the PGA Tour for 24 years. Uh, most recently for Matt Kuchar, but I've also worked with Hunter Mahan, Kevin Sutherland, Mark Kalkovecchia, a couple others. Um, and then I made the transition at the beginning of last year from caddying to uh, on-course announcing. And uh, I've been having a blast doing it. Were you a player growing up? How did you get into golf? 
I was a baseball player. And then uh, wow. my in between my freshman and sophomore years in high school, I got really into golf, started playing golf at that point. Uh, played golf in high school, played golf at, at university for, for a couple of years. And then um, that's how I got into it. I don't play a whole lot these days, but uh, obviously I follow it intensely. Okay, I have way. to ask you. Okay. <laughs> Very true. I have to ask you. So we're at the players this week. What is your best uh, from when the caddies try to, to tee it up? Uh. On the island well, green. I, How close have my, you gotten it? My very first year, I probably made the best swing I ever did. Um, I, Kevin Sutherland was, we were sitting there and I hadn't hit a shot all day. And, and at the time I played a lot of golf. So we were talking about it and he said, oh, it's a perfect wedge for you. Just hit a good full wedge. Cause we used to hit way to the right of the player's tee box. Um, he said, it's a perfect wedge. Just go ahead and hit it. And I kind of agreed. And as I'm sitting there stewing through it, thinking I go, man, I'm tight. I haven't swung a club. I'm going to take one more. And I took nine and I absolutely flushed it right at the flag. It landed just over the pin and luckily stayed on the back, back edge, but it goes, I can't believe you hit wedge that far. And I go, I didn't, I hit nine and kind of sheepishly looked down and he goes, I can't believe you didn't listen to your caddy. You, you get up, get on me for not listening to you all the time. And the one time I give you solid advice and you can't listen to it. I the can't irony. believe that. So wow. I know. Right. Right. I became the player. Awesome. Like, I don't want to listen to my caddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know what's best. All right, I have yeah. to ask you about another moment. This is a moment okay. that stands out in my brain. It is burned in my brain. I feel like Jordan Spieth, he, he's that like backdoor major winner. So you were at Royal Birkdale. You were on the bag for Matt Kuchar. You witnessed go get that in person, raining the whole moment. What was that like? You know, obviously, if, if I could, I'd change the outcome, but uh, I wouldn't change being in that position for anything. Um, it was just an incredible experience. That whole back nine, it, it became a two-man race. And right. um, it was just match play the whole time. And um, yeah. I'll tell you a good story about that. When, when you know, obviously 13th hole took 20 minutes to play the shot, made an unbelievable bogey. Um, and even though we took the lead, it felt like he kind of got some momentum. And obviously the next few holes, um, you know, he did what Eagle, birdie the next, Eagle the next. Right. Um, just right. went on a, on a speech like tear. And, um, you know, I, I think it was after the, might've been on, on 16 T or, or something. He, he came up to me on the T and, and while Cooch was getting ready to hit and kind of whispered in my ear, he goes, Hey, Woody, I'm really sorry for that back there. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to take so much time. There's nothing I could do. And I looked at him. I said, Jordan, you don't need to apologize for taking so much time. You need to apologize for making that 50 footer for Eagle on the last <laughs> butt. And he said, Woody, that's just what I do. So <laughs> we it's had true. a good laugh. That's amazing. It's true. It's true. It is so true that that's one of the most iconic moments, I think, in recent times in major championship golf. And that is so cool that you got a front row seat to that. All right, Cam, Absolutely. I'm giving it back to you. That I was feel a like I'm, I'm taking too much of the floor. Ah, you're good. You're good. Absolutely. You're the one who made this guest happen. All right. We're giving you the credit. Uh, John, obviously, my first love is being on air, being in front of a camera, talking in front of crowds, what have you. And so I do want to ask you about your new phase here as an on-air personality, how that is going. I know that was very much part of your mindset, even toward the end of your caddying time, that you wanted to get into this sort of thing. So how is it going overall? Tell us maybe a fun story, whatever you want to do. I'm honestly having a blast. Um, you know, six years ago, Tommy Roy, the executive producer for NBC Golf Channel Golf, um, had this idea to bring a couple of caddies on. And, and he did it for one week at Sea Island with me and Bones. 
And, um, you know, it, it turned out well. He, he was happy and, and um, I was shocked at how much I enjoyed it. I thought I'd do it once and kind of, you know, have a fun time and then, and then be done with it. But I always kept it in the back of my mind after that experience was when I was done caddying and when I was coming towards the end, um, it would definitely be something I would be interested in. And um, luckily enough, uh, you know, Tommy Roy had a spot for me. And, and I spoke to him uh, towards the end of that of, of uh, it would have been tw end of 20 now and said, hey, I'm looking at, at, at getting out of caddying and, and uh, you know, you have room for me. And luckily he did. Um, and it's just been, it, it's been awesome. It's been a lot of the same stuff that I did as a caddy in terms of preparation. Right. Um, but it's, it's much more of a, you know, before it was kind of you and your player, that's the whole team. Now you've got a whole team of announcers and producers and, and cameramen all working together to kind of hopefully put a good product uh, on the screen for everybody. So um, it's been fun for me. I've, uh, the biggest lesson that I've learned is, is something that Noda told me early on. He goes, you know, don't try and be anybody else. He said, be yourself. That's why you got hired. Tell them what you'd think as a caddy. You know, don't, uh, you know, repeat things that you've heard on TV for the last 25 years and mm. tell them exactly what you're thinking as a caddy and what are the players thinking? What are they talking about? So that's kind of been my goal is, is to kind of um, really get into, you know, past the layer of 150 yards. This is nine iron. Um, talk deeper about the shot. What goes into those decisions? Um, what are they trying to avoid? Um, because it's sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's not, you know, a lot of times guys will back off a shot and nobody will know what's going on, but you know, you, you know, that deep down they've made the decision on a club and the wind shifted all of a sudden you can't see that on, on TV. So if I'm able to, to, you know, input stuff like that to the viewers, that's what I'm looking to do. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, a technical question. I've always wondered this, and I don't think I've ever actually asked this, but how do you know which hole is next? Does the producer tell you 14? And then the announcer goes, we're going to 14? Yeah, well, basically, um, you have two voices in your, in, your, um, in your headphones, which is, you know, less than my everyday life when I've got seven or eight going on in there at the same time. <laughs> so uh, you've got one, the producer's voice, which is Tommy Roy. He kind of the whole thing he says you know as the shot's happening he says uh we're going to 14 let's say 14 say i'm with the group on 14 so right. he'll throw it to 14 whoever that hole announcer is where the whether it's um you know mike Tarico, dan hicks you know whoever it is justin leonard um will kind of introduce what's going on here's you know here's jordan spieth at 14 woody what's he got at that point that's when you step in and you've kind of got have prepared hopefully what you're going to say what he's presented with, what he's trying to do. Um, and that's when, when he jump in. So um, it's kind of a three-tiered producer, whole right. announcer, you. Yeah. It's such a unique broadcast as compared to NBA, NFL, like mm -hmm. any other sport really, because you, know, you have boots on the ground, number one, walking around a large mass of land. And then you have not an announcer for every single hole. So it's like some right. are assigned to some holes and what have you. It's really interesting. So, right. Yeah. And, it, and I, I get, you know, on air criticisms, I totally understand where people are coming from, but uh, if they sat in, in the truck one day and, and saw what actually happened and what actually has to get covered, I think the criticisms would, would, would yeah. lessen uh, just because it's so complicated. I don't know how Tommy Roy keeps it all straight in his head um, as to who's where, who's about to hit what shot. Um, but you know, he does a heck of a job at getting to all of them. Yeah. Bridget, you probably even knew that answer to my question there about the <laughs> logistics with that. Right. 
A little bit. And shout out to the people who do graphics, especially shot oh. graphics. Those are not an easy task. So it's yeah, John really hit the nail on the head. It's a huge production and a, just like a massive team. So that's awesome that you're a part of it. Thank you. I feel like it's so easy to have a typo in a graphic too, right? And you push it out oh, there, but you yeah. never see it. You never see anything wrong. <laughs> you never <laughs> see I it. We I would, see it I, though. Yeah. <laughs> we see it. Right. And we get right. screamed at. We, we, it doesn't go unnoticed by the truck. That is for sure. <laughs> I, I made a mistake early this year, not on that, but um, you know, when they have the top tracer technology um, on the par threes, you kind of see the, the flight of the ball and everything. And, and I kept, jumping the gun and saying this is headed right before the top tracer showed up on the screen and they're like john give it a take a breath take a breath let it go and then you can tell us so uh, hopefully i've got that That's all straightened tough. out i yeah. know yeah, ti <clears throat> yep. timing is tough yeah you have to yep. have impeccable timing and you are doing a great job honestly you and bones you you both bring so much of a different perspective to the broadcast that it, it really has become so much more dynamic uh, Huge kudos to Tommy Roy and to you guys for really making a difference in the broadcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Let's talk about the Players' Championship at Sawgrass here, John. Obviously, the 40th iteration of the players at this course. You were just on it. What are your impressions of it so far? And for those who have never been, myself included, how would you best summarize TPC Sawgrass? TPC Sawgrass is the fairest golf course we play all year long. It is anybody can win. You look at the list of champions and a short hits of one, straight hitters have won, bombers right. have yep. won. Every type yep. of player has won. It's just who is on their game that week. Um, and, and like I said, it is the fairest test, I think, anywhere. Uh, certain courses favor a bomber. They favor a straight hitter. They favor a guy with a straight, great short game. But here, you've got to bring everything. You just have to have everything going. Um, and I think it always, always, always identifies the best player. I can't think of a player's championship where a guy fluked into it or ran into something that, you know, he wasn't ready for. It's always, always, always a big name. Um, and, and it's just, like I said, it's so fair. You've got to hit left to right. You've got to hit right to left. You've got to reach par fives. You've got to have a short game. Um, there's just, it tests everything. Um, uh, not to mention, you know, emotionally and mentally, um, you know, I, I, it's talked about ad infinitum, but 17 and 18 on, especially on Sunday, they are in your head from the first hole on, especially if you've got a chance to win, knowing what's at stake, knowing that you can do everything right up to that point, make one shaky swing with a wedge and have it all go poof, you know, but yeah. uh, it's an exciting course. Everything can happen. And um, I just, I just, it's, it's one of my favorite courses in the world. You know, it's interesting. You look at the winners from 2021 to 2012, right? So all of the winners except one, Webb in 2018, were ranked in the top 20 in strokes gain approach for that given week, John. So mm. iron game, iron game, iron game. That's sort of what I'm riding for my picks this okay. week. What say you about that? You know, the weather's going to have a lot to say about it this week. We've been yes. uh, lucky this year. We've had great weather. It's been, you know, firm and fast at a few courses, and now that's always the way everybody wants to see it. Um, it's in perfect shape. I was out there all morning. The coverage with the grass is unbelievable. Uh, it is a little soft, and the forecast is for more rain, which, mm -hmm. you know, will soften things up a little bit more. Hopefully we don't get a ton um, because this place is so special when it's firm and fast, and um, it's – You've got to think more here than 
any other course, maybe except for Augusta National, in terms of, of strategy. Um, if, it's so, if things soften up, it makes the tee shots easier. Obviously, it makes the, the shots into the greens easier. Um, so a lot of it's weather dependent. Um, and we got a lot of wind. I think Friday and Saturday, it's going to be windy. Sunday, it's supposed to calm down. So, um, you know, it's just a lot, a lot is going to depend on the weather. But, yeah, it, it is very much a second-shot golf course. And um, it's not a course. There's a lot of courses where you can kind of spray it and get away with it. You can't do that here. Right. The rough yeah. is very thick. The pine needles are tough to play out of. Um, so, you know, guys who hit fairways, obviously, is, is important. But, yeah, hitting second shots here and putting them in the right spot, that's where you win this tournament. And it's going to be chilly. The weekend looked super cold. I mean, cold for Florida. Relative, yeah. I'm right. Jersey right now, yeah. I'm like <laughs> super cold. It's gonna be in the high 50s, low 60s. But yeah, that is uh, atypical. But that does call into question this move from May to March. Um, what is your say on that? And and that that move being the case, maybe possibly affecting the tournament this year, just specifically. I really like the move. I think it just fits in the schedule better. Um, it, Maybe you can make the argument if the course maybe played better um, in May just because it was warmer. Sure. You could always get it firm and fast. Right. But uh, you also had that Bermuda dying out. And, um, you know, a lot of times there wasn't a ton of rough. Now right. um, there's a ton of rough. You've got hitting fairways is much more important than it was um, in May. Um, I just think the schedule is, is, is better with it before Augusta. I don't know why. I just, I just think it fits well with PGA you know, players, Augusta, so on. Uh, so I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the switch. This is how it was, you know, when I started caddying, this is when it was. Right. And then we went to that stretch where in May for a while. And um, I think, um, I just think, I think it's a, I think it's a better tournament this time of year. Certainly more volatility now in March as compared to May when you talk about the wind and what have you. And we're seeing mm. some of that already, like major championship-esque tests at Bay Hill and, PGA right. National. So it is a good warm up for TPC Sawgrass. You would think it's probably going to play similarly to those previous two tournaments. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, um, you know, like I said, just looking at the weather, I think um, guys are going to, it's going to be really important to get off to a good start on Thursday this week because the wind's not going to be too much. Um, Friday and Saturday are the big wind days, but if you can get a few in your pocket on Thursday, um, I think that bodes, it always bodes well, but especially this week, because I think Friday and especially Saturday, maybe kind of hold on kind of days. Yeah. Let me ask you this, John, let's just say that this is going to be a lift clean in place kind of week, at least for the first couple of rounds. Do all tour players pretty much unanimously say, okay, this is great. Or are there players who don't prefer that? Or mm. like, what's mm. the mindset good, there? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I don't know that they'd go lifting in place here at the players championship. I honestly, okay. I, you know, they never have at Augusta or the U S open. And I right. think um, this is in the same, in, 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 this is not a normal tournament and, and this is, right. this is bigger. And I think playing it down, they would rather go to Monday and play it down sure. than, yeah. than, you know, have it, have guys marking it and picking it up. But um, in general, I think most guys, if, if there's a, you're not going to get that really bad mud ball, bad break. If you, if you play lift clean in place, which is great, but it's also, you know, it's part of golf. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I think um, I prefer playing it down all the time, but I understand when they do need to lift clean in place. Um, I, I think if they do lift clean in place for some reason, 
The one place I think they need to get rid of that lift clean in place is say within 20 yards of the green. Cause that's honestly where it makes a huge difference when you can right. tee a ball up, hitting those little pitch right. shots everywhere. That's a huge thing. Um, so I think most guys welcome it when they play lifting in place. Cause it kind of takes some guessing out of it. Right. Unless you're John Rahm, you don't like putting contests. You want firm and fast and super complicated. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Hey, you know, and, he, and funny thing you that said, say that, I think, I think, um, <laughs> I think most caddies, most good caddies, and, and you know, I, I think there's a lot of good caddies. I think most good caddies would love for it to be very hard every single week. Tough win, right. tough greens to read, just because that's, you know, how you're going to separ separate yourself, yeah. you know, from your peers if you're really good in, in those conditions. When it's, um, you know, Palm Springs weather with two mile an hour gusts and soft greens, you know, it, it just doesn't take that much. So um, I think I think really good caddies prefer the tough conditions. All right. Well, the Players' Championship, John, obviously known as one of the strongest fields in golf here. And it's really, for me, a difficult tournament to predict when you have winners such mm. as Siwoo Kim coming through. Mm. But then you have chalkier plays such as McElroy and Justin Thomas. Martin Keimer kind of came out of nowhere in 2014 to win mm. that and obviously won the U.S. Open that year and was like elite in both tournaments. So what are you looking at as far as contenders this week? Is there a specific type of golfer or are you keeping the can wide open? You'll take anybody per se. You're not really like putting anybody in a pigeonhole or anything like that. Yeah. I, I don't think I, I pick anything physically this week. I think it's more who's in good form yeah. um, and who's tough. This is a tough right. golf course and uh, the conditions are going to be tough. You can't have somebody win who is, um, you know, a little bit of a whiner or a complainer or, thinks about I'm the only one out here getting bad breaks you can't win this tournament you know with those with those kind of thoughts in your head so physicality I don't I don't put anything into it this week because any type of player can win right. uh, but but uh, you know the, the mentally tough guys are the guys that I really like at this course okay Bridget anything else or should we get into these picks here <laughs> I say we get into these picks I'm okay. going so chalky this week shall I kick us off please do all right, so I had him last week. This was devastating. I really didn't see it going any other way than him getting the W. Victor Hovland, I have to take him again this week. I just think that last week's experience will propel him this week. Three wins and eight worldwide starts. Last year's miscut in his debut here was one of his only miscuts. Like this guy rarely misses the cut. So I think he's doing so well as of late. I just, I know he lost last week, but I can't quit him just yet. So I'm going with Victor Hovland and Cam. I know that you are as well. I am. We have some repeats <laughs> here this week, Bridget. Victor we Hovland do. and Colin Morikawa. We'll get we there do. though. <laughs> so, I mean, John, I'm with Victor as well. 20 to one over at Bet Online, elite ball striker. And when you're so automatic like that, this is how I see it. And I would love to know your thoughts. I feel like your approach game, your driving game is really your stickier part of the game that can carry over week to week to week. Whereas putting maybe is a little more variable per se. So like in the NFL, you can pack your defense, right? On the PGA tour, you can pack your iron game and your driving game. Does that make sense at all? Cause I 100%. sort of operate off that. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think it's much easier to maintain ball striking than it is putting. Okay. You can, right. you know, you can, if you're swinging well and your ball striking is good, um, 
things are going to turn out well. They just are, you know, unless you have a, one of the worst weeks ever of, of picking clubs and you're constantly short or long, right. which rarely happens. But putting, you can putt great and, and lose strokes to the field because putts just don't happen to go in. You know, they crawl right. over edges. They, they, you know, they lip out. Um, so putting is, you just can't predict it. So I, I'm totally with you. I, I think ball striking is much more important, especially on a week like this. Yeah. So no, I'm not familiar with how bunker. you're, what's that? Sorry. Sorry to interject. He has to stay out of the bunker. That is my only <laughs> nervousness about picking him again. He just, he needs a lot of work in the sand. He has to go to the beach. Vic, you got to take a beach vacay. I'm going to, I'm going to tell him that tomorrow. I'm going to tell him you said that. And uh, <laughs> Pass if, he, along if, he's the word. The, if he's in the no practice names. bunker practicing, I'm going to take a picture and send it to you. Just so you know, he heard That's you. Funny. Uh, um, I don't know how you do your picks if you do one and kind of go around, but um, I love Hovland too. But my my number one pick this week is John Rom. Okay. Um, I just think this is a guy who has no weaknesses. Um, who is he has matured so much. Um, I, to be honest with you, I wasn't a huge fan of his when he first came out here. I thought there was some um, some times when he didn't take responsibility for for things that he did um, on the golf course. Nothing personally, just just you know, hitting, hitting poor shots and maybe looking elsewhere than himself. Now he is so mature. He, he accepts responsibility. He knows when something goes wrong, he either accepts it and moves on or talks about it with Adam Hayes, his great cat and moves on. But um, this guy just doesn't have any weaknesses. And I think on a golf course like this, it's huge. Um, and, and having a great caddy like Adam Hayes, I think it, it helps a lot on this golf course as well. So my number one pick would be Rom. Number one player in the world, the betting favorite, maybe. Let's take a look. <laughs> the odds have been changing rapidly. So John Rum is the favorite as we stand. 11 to 1. JT Colin at 16 to 1. Everybody else is 20 or longer. So look, John Rom is going to win again pretty darn soon. And John, he's been unbettable for me lately because he's like seven to one, six to one. I, mean, I know. Can't go there. I know. I know you, you can't, can't go there. It's, it's, it's not uh, <laughs> You can't, you'd love to, and you'd love to see those odds, but uh, they're not changing. Cause I think everybody, the secret's out and everybody knows how good he is. And right. um, I, unless something crazy starts happening, I, I see he'll be the favorite that, uh, you know, at Augusta, maybe all the, right. all the majors, you know, if he continues his form. I mean, if you're looking a little further down the list, one, I was looking at the, the, the odds this week and the one that shocked me, and I know he hasn't played lately because of injury was okay. Webb Simpson. This mm -hmm. is a guy who won this tournament by about a hundred shots of, you know, a couple right. few years ago, his caddy lives here, loves the course right. and so positive. I always joke that Webb uh, eats the tour and strokes gained attitude because he never, ever thinks he's out of it. He never, ever thinks he's, he's in trouble. He he's a great problem solver and he's a he's got a great short game. So seeing how far Webb was down on the list, that was, that was one that I looked at and kind of said, mm, that, if I was, Looking for some value, that would be one I'd look at for sure. And as a caddy, you can attest that like Paul is a big reason why Webb is so successful. I think that Webb would readily also agree with that statement. Yeah, Paul does a lot more than most caddies. He, he's basically right. Webb's swing coach. Um, right. You know, they talk about everything. And and Paul and I are great friends. And it, funny story, we were on the way back from the President's Cup in Australia. And Paul likes to talk. I love to talk with Paul too, but you know, Paul can really go. And this is a, you know, a 16 hour flight and he sits next to me and goes, Wooder, let me know when I, when I've reached my allotment and I'll, I'll take a nap, I'll be quiet. And, and I told him you've reached your allotment before we even took off. I said, Paul, you're done. 
give me a break, take a nap, we'll talk later. We can't even <laughs> break out our laptops yet and I'm done. You know? That's right, that's right. Well, Cam, since I knocked off Victor from our list, you knock off Colin. Yeah, let's talk about ball striking. I mean, you want to talk about Ben Hogan-esque at times. Colin Morikawa is one of those players. Eighth in strokes gained approach over the last 24 rounds. The thing that it comes down to, the volatile part, the putting. Can he yeah. figure out the putting here this week? Now, I am leaning toward team no putt this week. If you are an elite ball striker, I'm probably going to put money on you because, John, the greens are going to be slow, right? I mean, in theory, if you have all this precipitation, this is not going to be Augusta National on a Sunday afternoon in warm weather, right? So I think that actually favors the players who struggle with their flat stick, a la, you know, a Corey Conner or somebody like that, but is elite tee to green. So Colin Morikawa, two major championships already, would not be stunned to see him hoist a trophy on Sunday. Another great pick. I mean, how can you go against the guy? He's um, we talked about toughness and mental mental toughness, and he's got it in spades to go with everything he has physically. So, um, and, you know, a, a fairly small sample size for him playing this golf course. Right. But um, it, it's a matter of time. You look at the course and you look at his right. game and it should be a, a marriage made in heaven. So um, I would think uh, I'd be shocked if he wasn't right there on Sunday as well. And T2 at Riviera. So he is playing yep. well. He's always there. playing well. Makes he me is sick. always. He's perfect. Colin Morikawa <laughs> is perfect. That's we'll just all agree to Elite, that. As they say. He's, yeah, he's pure. He's like TPC Sawgrass. They're both just pure individuals. Pure. Okay. Absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you um another one of my picks. I'm taking Shane Lowry. Now I was at the Honda on Sunday and I followed Shane. He looked great like uh, honestly I I'm not really one to watch Shane Lowry like he doesn't have my eye all the time but I was forced to watch him this not forced obviously I did it willingly and I had my eye on him and honestly I have to say I was shocked that he didn't get it done and and kudos to Sepp Straka, but I just did not see that coming so his form has been terrific I think the untimely downpour that happened at Honda is really all that sort of affected Shane Lowry from getting the win there. So I like him this week. Give me Shane. I love that pick. And, and, you know, he, I, I was paired with him. We were paired with him a couple of years ago at an open championship and it was a windy day. And I've never been more impressed with a guy playing in the wind than, than Shane Lowry. It was just so easy. A lot of guys really struggle to hit knockdown shots and take spin off things. It was just second nature to him. He didn't have to adjust. So that Friday and Saturday, we talked about holding on. He, it might be a time when he can really make a move on everybody when the winds are up, you know, and he can easily play that lower shot. Um, so I love that pick too. Um, I'm going to go a little bit further down the list, even. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, with Cameron Smith as my second pick. Ooh. I just think every time the guy tees it up, he's right there. Um, the mullet, I mean, that's got to be worth three or four shots a week. It's just, it's such an epic mullet. Um, uh, I just, I love the guy. I love his caddy. He's such a good putter. Um, and he, he hits fairways. So I, I think Cameron Smith is, uh, he's ready to win a big one, I think. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm picking him this week as well. Yeah. There are guys who are built for major championships. Cameron Smith is one of those guys. Like he doesn't yep. do anything amazing, but he's just so balanced. And so right. it's critical at a major championship. And he always, he always seems to me like he's out there playing with his buddies in a cart with a six pack. He's just easy going. Uh, it just looks like he's having fun all the time. So, um, you know, that's it, a, it's a great way to play this course is to have fun. 
great. Uh, so do you have five selections total, John? Just so I can come up with five, certainly. <laughs> no worries. No pressure at all. Um, okay, Bridget. No, so I do. You, okay. Bridget, you have Hovland, Lowry, Morikawa. You have two more. I have two more. So I'm picking Hideki Matsuyama. So recent form, he has played well here. I think that he is built for major championship style golf. Yes, I am referring to the players as a somewhat major championship. He stripes his irons. I just, I can't see him not winning here. So give me Hideki. Good course history. Yeah. Amazing course history. And he has, uh, it, he's like the first, that footnote first round leader. He shot like 63. When was that? It's I the think 2020 yeah. champion. Yeah. That oh, was that the was COVID. One. Yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah, was the yeah. COVID that was, cancellation. Okay, so he should have won in yep. 2020. So he <laughs> yeah, deserves wow. he deserves it. Uh, but his uh, ball striking, I mean, like long hitting ball striker. He's that's who Hideki is. So I love mm -hmm. him here. Great. And we one were going to have a third similar pick or same pick, Bridget, but I took him out. So <laughs> he's all yours now, Matt Fitzpatrick. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, we're doing all mine at once. All right, so. Matt Fitzpatrick, I sit next to David Schefter here at the USGA, who is a worldly, just knowledgeable source of golf. And he gave me Matt Fitzpatrick and he told me why. He plays well on tough tracks. He played well at API. He had the backdoor top 10. Um, and we didn't really see a lot of him on coverage. So I feel like he deserves a little good karma. And if in his five starts here, he has three cuts made and a T9 last year. So that is a Shefty special. David Schefter gave me Matt Fitzpatrick this week. Tough conditions, Matt Fitzpatrick, John, right? Absolutely. Another good pick. Absolutely. John um, loves all my picks. <laughs> I, how can you not? Look at your history this year. I mean, come on. He's way ahead of me in the tally. Let me just say that. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ahead of Bridget so far this year. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. To recap Bridget's card here, we've got Victor Hovland, Shane Lowry, Colin Morikawa, Hideki Matsuyama, Matt Fitzpatrick. Five selections here this week. It's sort of a race against time. We have four minutes, 43 seconds here on our Zoom. I totally forgot. I don't have the upgraded version. Worst case, we get out of this, come back in, we can re-record. Panic! But um, I will breeze through my selections here. And John, would love to hear your thoughts about these. So I'm going down the board a bit on a couple of guys. I'm going back to the well with Will Zalatoris. Still has a fantastic iron game right now. And I know the putter has not been cooperating lately but it certainly can this week as i alluded to earlier could be easier putting conditions this week given the precipitation played pretty well in his debut last year i mean he was second place at the masters in his debut so the big stage is not too much for him at 45 to 1 you could do a lot worse sunjay and mr florida swing himself 40 to 1 to get it done Really good with his long irons. I mean, I know they're not as pivotal this week as they were last week at API, but still certainly keep that in mind. And again, when conditions are tough, Sunjay M seems to show up. Over the last 36 rounds, no one else in this field rates out top 25 in ball striking, driving accuracy, and short game. And John alluded to this earlier, overall game critical here at TPC Sawgrass. A win and six top 20 finishes over his last nine events. Ranked fourth in strokes game putting a week ago. Oh, that's always good. So Sunjay M there at 
40 to one is pretty good value in my opinion. And then finally, Rory McIlroy, 22 to one. Why not? I Here's knew it. I knew you'd Here's do it. <laughs> A soaked golf course, John, 2011 congressional soaked. He lapped the field to win the yeah, US yeah, Open. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Uh, sounds like we're all playing for second after that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I've got, who, who do I have so far? I've got Rom, Webb, Cam Smith, um, how can uh, shockingly no one has mentioned Justin Thomas and um, uh, you know, I know. I, I know it's, it's not a value pick, but um, I'm not necessarily picking him. I'm just saying shockingly, no one's picked him. My next pick would be Cantlay and um, mostly because of the toughness aspect. I, I like every part of his game, but watching him at the president's cup in Australia was the first time I really got to spend time around him. And the guy hates, hates, hates losing more than he likes winning. And I love that. I just think he's um He's out there to win the golf tournament. And um, every, every week he shows up, that's what he's here for. So uh, Cantlay would be my next pick. I think he's tremendously tough and no real weaknesses. If he gets the putter going like he did in that playoff against Bryson last year, um, you know, I think he's going to have a phenomenal week. But I think he'll be right there no matter what at the end. And then um, I'm going way down the list with my final pick. Long shot. Here we go. Way down the list with um, – a guy that um, should have won here a few years ago. Uh, he had a putt on 18 that I don't still don't know how it didn't go in. Ended up getting in a playoff and losing. But uh, I'm going Kevin Kisner as my last pick. Ooh, oh, we love Kiz. We love him tough. on the pod. He's tough. He's a great putter. Um, and it's a course he obviously likes and has played well. So that would be my last pick. Wow. Okay. In the nick of time. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. On the well, clock. John, really appreciate you carving out some time here this week. Bridget, thanks for setting this up. Really a great conversation. We'd love to have you back some point down the line, maybe for another big time tournament or something like that. Love it. Anytime. All thanks right. for coming every, every, on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. John Wood on Lock It In here. Golf bets on us. For Bridget Whalen. I am Cam Rogers. Enjoy the Players' Championship this week. Enjoy the vocals of John during the broadcast as well. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.